0: Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. Sometimes the most beautiful and rich and important parts of our life can also be the hardest and most painful and that is certainly true of family life is it not perhaps we've been reminded a bit of that in these recent days spending lots of time with family Uh, ideally our family is where we first receive that foundation of love that we can then build a life upon Family is who we share our most significant moments and memories with. Family is the context where we can be ourselves, where we can be known and remembered and celebrated. Family are the people that we know that we can rely on when things get tough. We know they'll always be in our corner. They're kind of like the rock of our lives. But at the same time, family life can also be very complicated and fragile and painful. Over time, so many subtle and often hidden and difficult dynamics can form in our relationships with one another. And, of course, then we all add to the family pot our own stuff, don't we? (laughs) Our own insecurities and wounding and trauma and our own blind spots, our own unique personalities and perspectives, our own struggles with sin. It all goes in the pot together. And when we mix that pot, (laughs) sometimes what comes out doesn't taste so good, does it? Have you ever wondered why God set it up this way? Why so often is it that the hardest people to love consistently are those that are closest to us, those that we actually do deeply love the most? Well, the first answer to that question, I think, is that God didn't set it up this way exactly because a lot of our struggles in relationship are due to sin, right? And that wasn't God's plan. The second answer to that question is that there is something good about the challenge of family life because we all need a context to help us to grow in love. Love is the meaning and the purpose of our lives, but it doesn't just happen automatically. It's like a muscle. If you want a muscle to grow, what does it need? It needs resistance, right? It needs some kind of uh, challenge for it to grow. The same is true with love. Love needs to be challenged. We might think we're loving, but how do we know unless our love is tested? So, family life is the gym that God has given us for growing our love muscles, right? Family is the primary place that our love is tested and refined. Family life is where we get lots of practice in accepting responsibility for our failures and saying sorry and forgiving others and being open to different perspectives and accepting different personalities and being vulnerable and having hard conversations, all the stuff that makes up love. We get plenty of practice of, or we should get plenty of practice of, in in our own families. So just because family life can be hard, it doesn't mean that that's wrong or that's bad. It might just mean that family is a school of love. That's how it's meant to be. We need to grow in love some way. Now, because Joseph, Mary and Jesus lived as a family unit, we can be confident that this is God's design for us, right? The Son of God was born into a family, So that means that the family has profound dignity and value and significance to God. Of itself, a family is good and beautiful and important. But it's also the primary context that God gives us to grow in holiness as we learn to love those that God has given us. Now, there is so much we could talk about. Uh, when it comes to growing our love muscles, right? Uh, To living family life well and many of you could teach on this much better than me, right? (laughs) Uh, But today I just wanted to to briefly reflect on three principles, three principles for for growing our love muscles, for for living well uh, in in our family context and these three principles come out of our, our readings today and uh, they apply not just to family life, but really to any relationships, any family settings that we find ourselves in. The first principle we find uh, coming out both in our first reading and our Gospel today, and this principle might seem like it's more for parents, but it's it's really for everyone. All right? uh, we heard from Hannah in the first reading. Uh, you probably know the story of Hannah. She uh, she was barren for many years, uh, and uh, she was desperate for a child, and, and eventually God did give her the gift of a child, Samuel. And as we heard today, after weaning the child, she takes him to the temple to offer him to the Lord. She said to Eli, the priest, this is the child I prayed for. The Lord granted me what I asked him. Now I make him over to the Lord for the rest of his life. He's made over to the Lord. This must have been so hard for Hannah. I mean, mums, you can appreciate this especially. She was desperate for a child. God gives her that gift. And then when he's still young, she says, all right, I'll give him back. must have been so hard. But she was not doing it under any duress. She wasn't doing it to, to pay God back. Hannah dedicated her son back to God because she knew that God had a purpose for her son. So rather than trying to keep him all to herself, oh, I'm going to enjoy my son, he's for me, <laughs> she, she handed him over so that he could live out his purpose. She knew that giving Samuel to the Lord would be the best way that he could flourish in life, even though it was hard for her. We see a very similar scenario in the Gospel today. You can imagine how worried Mary and Joseph would have been three days, no Jesus. (laughs) And then, uh, of course, they find him in the temple and the first thing he says to them is, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I would be about my father's business? It must have been so hard for them to hear those words. Already Mary and Joseph... We were learning that they could not hold on to Jesus for their own purpose. They needed to release him from their own hopes, from their own expectations, so that Jesus could live out what he was created to do. I think this would have been especially hard for Mary, huh? Her first son, her only child. So difficult. Sometimes what we want for others. What we think is best for others, especially for those in our family, is actually more for ourselves, sometimes. Sometimes we want things for others, we put an expectation on others as a way of satisfying our own needs or appeasing our own fears or compensating for our own insecurities and it can be hard to pick this up we, we think we're doing it, you know, for the right reasons, but deep down um, sometimes there can be other motivations at play. And, and, and in order to see that, you, it needs some really honest self-reflection and, and enough uh, self-awareness. The general principle that Hannah and Mary witnessed to us here today is the importance of releasing others from our own expectations, from our own demands on them doing what we can to help others in our family to identify what it is that they are created to do and supporting them in that even when it might be different to what we want for them or what we expect or what might be best for us see love is not possessive it doesn't put expectations on others to play a role for us or to meet our needs So that's the first principle. Sorry, that was a bit hard-hitting, wasn't it? <laughs> second principle is this. Uh, compassion. Compassion is our second principle. Uh, we hear it today from uh, St. Paul in his letter to the Colossians. He says, you are God's chosen race, he's saints, he loves you and you should be clothed in sincere compassion in kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, he he mentions here a few important values of love, but I want to suggest that all of them, uh, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, they all flow from the first value he mentioned, which is compassion. I think of compassion as having a soft heart towards ourselves and towards others. Compassion can be really, really hard in families sometimes. Because it tends to be in families that we put so much expectation on others and often we don't even realise it, <laughs> right? Much more than we put on others outside our family. So having compassion for others, oh, geez, that can be hard. <laughs> we can so easily feel hurt, let down, disappointed when people in our family fail us, right? And, and it's understandable. It's understandable that, that we react in this way. It's important that we acknowledge that hurt, right? Right? that we're honest about the emotions that, that come with that hurt, the anger, the sadness, whatever it may be. That hurt that we feel in relationship with others in our family can be very real. I don't want to dismiss that in any way. But that doesn't mean that we can't also have compassion. And Paul today gives us the key to compassion. He says, the Lord has forgiven you, Now you must do the same. What Paul is helping us to understand here is that compassion and and ultimately forgiveness, it flows out of the awareness of our own weakness. Unless we can see and accept our failures and allow God to forgive us for our failures and for our weakness, then it can be very hard to have compassion for others because our heart remains hard and needs to be softened by God's mercy, huh? This is so true uh, for me in my life. I I found that, you know, when I started to become aware of my insecurities and my wounds and my weakness and when I allowed God just to meet me in that, uh, my heart was softened towards others. I I found I could have a lot more compassion, especially towards my parents. (laughs) What I realised as I acknowledged my own weakness is oh, my parents are human too. (laughs) They have weaknesses and they have wounds and they have insecurities. Now, that didn't mean I didn't get frustrated still, but it's just that I had a new compassion towards them. I had a new softness. The third principle we pick up in today's psalm, I'm just going to very briefly mention this one, The psalmist said, how happy or how blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. What the psalmist is basically saying is that when we put God first, the love and the blessing and the happiness will naturally flow into our lives. See, the love that God calls us to in family is way, way beyond our human capacity, way beyond. But as we seek God first in our lives, as the psalmist is imploring us to do here, then God will give us the capacity to love like him. It comes from God, right? As we draw close to the Lord, God awakens in us a desire to love and he teaches us what that looks like. He heals us when we fail to love. He inspires us and encourages us to keep growing in love. And so it's important that we continue to go back to the source of love if we want to live well. Happy are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways, who put God first in their lives. So three principles for helping us to grow in our family love. Try your best to... Acknowledge and support the unique calling of of each person in your family. Release them from your own expectations on them. Uh, Secondly, practice compassion by firstly showing compassion towards yourself and and thirdly, pursue God above all other things and, and keep asking God for that grace to love. And always remember as you seek to be a holy family that what's important is not perfection but effort that we keep putting in the consistent effort to grow our love muscles. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.